Hello, I'm Wayne, and this is my Iron Maiden podcast, sponsored by Harvey's Bristol Cream. Cream sherry that isn't from Bristol, although it sort of is. On these podcasts, I look at the songs of Iron Maiden, and what I think about them now, and what I thought about them growing up as a boy in 1980s Birmingham. I look at the songs one by one, and now I'm on the Power Slave album, which means this week I'm looking at the song Aces High, which is track one on the Power Slave album. Now it's been a while since I last covered a song, and that was To Tame a Land. And in between that and now, I've done an album review special on Peace of Mind. I've done a Christmas special. And in between Christmas and today, I've done a couple of bonus episodes to keep things ticking over during the festive period. So I hope you've enjoyed them. As a result of this, I should probably say Happy New Year and I hope 2021 has started well for you. Often at the start of my shows, I look at feedback from previous episodes. And I've got quite a few to look at, haven't I? Mainly, I had a lot of nice comments about the Christmas episode. And I had lots of festive greetings and well wishes from listeners across the world. People have been very kind and given nice feedback. A lot of people were impressed by the Stetchford Male Voice Choir, who performed a selection of festive songs from a local scout hut. And I believe they've had many bookings as a result of their performance on my show. So that's good news. Sadly... Any parties that you've booked them for might have to be cancelled or postponed because of the lockdown measures in place in the UK. They are able to do some performances by using Zoom and some of those video chat things that you get. I must point out that if you want five hairy men performing for you on a Zoom call, there's probably other websites for this. As well as the nice comments, I did have a few queries from people who were after other things in the Christmas show. What what I gave them maybe wasn't good enough and, and they wanted more. Simon Gilbert said he was hoping that I'd do a top 10 Quality Street. Now, Quality Street is one of the tins you get at Christmas, filled with an assortment of toffees and chocolates. This is a good idea, but I thought it might be a bit predictable. I also had a message from John Moss, and he said, where's Trevor's drawing that he did you as a Christmas present? He said he'd share it on social media, but I haven't seen it. So I must apologise to John Moss, because he's quite right. I haven't shared Trevor's picture, so that's something I'll be doing in the near future. Despite the negative comments, I was surprised that nobody complained about a mistake that was made in the show. During the Dave Morey Fact of the Week, I played a clip from the Ruskin Arms performance in 1981, and I said that it was Bruce's first gig, and this was a mistake. What I meant to say was, it was one of Bruce's first gigs, because it wasn't actually his first gig. So, I'm sorry about this, um, but thank you for not complaining to me about this, because I'm sure everybody noticed it. And it's ruined my Christmas a bit, knowing that it was out there in cyberspace for people to listen to and judge me on. So yeah, I enjoyed the Christmas show. But of course, that's now in the past. And I'm looking at Power Slave, so that means it's Series 5 in my podcast. The album starts with Aces High, and that's what I'm covering this week. And it's a familiar song to all fans. It's one of the most famous openers. I wonder if it's the most iconic opening song of Iron Maiden's. If you look at the list of all their songs that appear at track one, Aces High has actually been the set opener on four different tours. And it was actually included on a fifth tour, but as an encore rather than a set opener. You wonder how the band felt about the song when they originally wrote it, whether they thought it would be so long-lasting in their set. Did they feel they'd release it as a single from a tour 36 years later? 
So straight away, we can see that it's an important and famous song by Iron Maiden. If you imagine a list of the most played songs live by Iron Maiden, and of course, the song Iron Maiden would be number one because it's been played the most, where do you think Aces High would be in this list? Top 20? Top 10? I'd say it'd be quite high. But actually, it's the 20th most played song live, which seems wrong to me. I would have thought it would be higher. It's actually been played less than The Clairvoyant and 22 Acacia Avenue. This is quite a shock. I think the reason it's so low, in my opinion, is because it's an opener. And on most tours, the band go with the opener of the album that they're promoting on that tour. So if Ace is High is a first song, it, it probably got pushed aside, didn't it? I think Ace is High might sound a bit strange if it isn't at the beginning. So even though it's a popular song... I feel the band might think it would be a bit silly halfway through the set. The song itself starts off quite slowly. A nice introduction to a song, or indeed, in this case, an album. It's got like a military drum roll in it, which is very important and thematic to the song, because it's about the war and combat in the air. And I'll come to this later. Once it kicks in, the tempo doesn't stop for the whole song. This is very impressive, and it means that the song is very energetic, and Bruce Dickinson's vocals reflect this. At the start of the show, you want this sort of energy, don't you? So Bruce runs on the stage and starts singing, and he's done that, as I've said, on four different tours. On the recent live album, he got a bit of criticism for his performance, and fans were saying, oh, he's a bit too old now, or his voice can't take it, or the band should detune. I feel this is a bit harsh, um... I think he's always sounded a bit out of breath because of the energy of the song, even when he was a youngster. You want him running around? Because if you're in the audience, you want to mirror his energy. You don't want to stand there analysing every note. You're getting into it. You don't care what's going on. You don't care if there are slight flaws in the sound. I didn't notice that the band were playing faster, like Adrian Smith did in the late 80s. I just enjoyed it, except die with the boots on. So yeah, as I've said, you're not analysing every note on stage like you might be nowadays where you sat there listening to your live album in your pyjamas with a mug of Horlicks. You don't want the band to open the set with a slow song so that Bruce can warm up his vocals, do you? That'd be silly. There'd be uproar. The song title Ace is High meant a little bit to me as a boy because I used to play card games and there were rules where the ace, which was one of the cards, could be a value of 1, or a value of 11. This depended on the card game, and there were lots that I learned as a boy. There was a game called Pontoon, which I believe is called Blackjack, or 21, in other countries. And in that game, an ace can be either 1 or 11, and that can help you get a high score. But this isn't a podcast for card games and rules. I'm just trying to explain that there is a concept of an ace being high in card games. I used to enjoy card games, don't play them very much anymore. I remember going on a school trip and one of the teachers had a pack of cards because a board game would be too heavy to take. So he got out of the pack of cards and asked us what games we knew. I thought I might show off a bit, so I said, how about we play Old Maid or Donkey or Fish? People were impressed and I was sat there playing all these games. And then near the end of the evening, before bedtime at 7 o'clock, the teacher gathered up the cards and said, what should we do now? And I innocently said, strip Jack naked, because that was a card game. But what I didn't realise was, 
The new boy in class, Jack Tomlinson, had just entered the room and he was suddenly looking very embarrassed and, and, and quickly left the room. Everyone looked at me and, and got up and left the table. So I sat on my own with the teacher, looking a bit confused, really. But I did genuinely mean, let's play the card game, strip Jack naked. I didn't want to take off this boy's clothes. But that affected the rest of the trip for me. It was a trip to the Lake District, and it started off very promisingly. And in fact, there is an Iron Maiden memory associated with it. The trip was for two school years, so it was my school year and the year above. So the people in the dormitory, who I didn't normally associate with in the classroom, so people like Thomas Spencer were a bit quieter than usual because he didn't know how to behave around these bigger boys. I wasn't bothered though, I was trying to impress them. And when the lights went off, we were all sat there giggling and some people were farting, which was funny. I, I, I didn't fart, but I used to do something where I'd put my hand under my armpit and I'd sort of do this strange motion where I'd bend the elbow and bring my arm down, covering the arm on the armpit, which would make a sort of farting noise. So this endeared me to the older boys and Thomas Spencer was getting jealous. I know, I'll do it now and see if I can endear myself to the podcast community. That's right, that's what I did, and I did it a few times. In fact, I forgot how funny that was. I might do it in the supermarket next week, see what happens. Anyway, this story, everyone was laughing at farts, and then I started making strange noises, like the introduction to Iron Maiden songs, and and wailing like Bruce Dickinson. And everyone was laughing, and, and egging me on, and saying, do more. So then I said, I'll sing a song, and I sang a bit of Aces High, which was the chorus starting off with run, live to fly, fly to live. And yeah, they loved it. But then, of course, the teacher came in and put the light on and told me to get out. So I don't know if it was a trick by these bigger boys to get me in trouble or whether they did appreciate my singing of Aces High. It was a good trip overall. I discovered things like porridge and Kendall mint cake. I'd never had these before. But my reputation suffered a bit because of my singing and my... uh, apparent desire to get Jack Tomlinson naked. So uh, when I got back to school, it was the same as before, really. Right, I think it's time for one of these. It's Steve Parrish's diary. It's Steve Parrish's diary. It's Steve Parrish's diary. It's Steve Parrish's diary. June 1984. It's nice to have a settled lineup for two straight albums. Dave Light survived the secret Santa curse, so that's good news. We'll need him on the tour. I've enjoyed being in the studio again. Songs are coming together quite quickly, but it's still time to have a laugh. I allow the band 30 minutes laughing time, and then it's time to crack on. Went out to get some lunch the other day, and I came back to find Nico messing about. He was singing some pop song, bashing away on the drums. He's been doing these silly drum and vocal versions of charted ever since. It amuses the other lads, but I don't want it getting out of hand. We've been chatting about which songs to release as singles recently. We kept the same rules as peace of mind. An Adrian and Bruce song first, then one of mine goes second. That way I can make them feel a bit better about themselves when they do better in the chart. It's good for morale. I think my songs are getting too serious for singles anyway. We went for Ace's Eye for my batch. I'm looking forward to that one. That's going to be great live. I can just tell. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. 
The song Aces High isn't about cards or card games. It's about pilots and aircraft during the war, and specifically the Battle of Britain. An ace, in this case, is a flying ace, and that's someone who shot down several planes, and as a result, became like a celebrity. That's what they had to do in those days, to become a celebrity. It wasn't like today, where you can just sort of go on a TV show and eat some insects in a jungle. As the song's about the time during the Second World War, it's often preceded by Churchill's speech, the famous speech where he says, we will fight them on the beaches. You hear this at the start of their live shows and at the start of the video for the single. He made this speech in June 1940, but it wasn't recorded as he said it. So the speech that we hear wasn't a live recording of what he said on that day. He actually recorded the speech in 1949, so it's a good job that he made notes because I can't necessarily remember a speech I made nine years ago. Sometimes I keep the same speech when I leave a job, because everyone sort of throws it on you, don't you, when you leave your job. They say, oh, speech, expecting you to have prepared one. And I never have, but luckily I always remember what I've said in the previous job, which is generally thanking everybody, saying what a rewarding time it was, that I'm sad to be leaving, and that I wish everyone all the best. This is quite a good speech. I mean, if you want to write that down, I don't mind if you use it yourself. The only time I didn't do that speech was when I left due to being dismissed for the Jaffa Cake incident. So Churchill's speech took place in June of 1940, but the Battle of Britain didn't take place until a month or so later. So the speech in itself wasn't a reaction to the Battle of Britain, but it did sort of predict that this sort of thing would happen. The song was written by Steve Harris, and you can see a similarity to the open on the previous album, Where Eagles Dare, which was also about flying and battles. Both these songs are on the recent tour together, and I did mention this briefly on the previous series, where I compared them. They do this later as well, with Tail Gunner, another album opener about planes, flying and battle. I think comparing the two songs, Where Eagles Dare and Aces High, I'd say Where Eagles Dare is a bit more dramatic due to the changes in it. That section in the middle that I keep going on about where it makes you feel like you're there in the sky in the dogfight. But it is a longer song. So Aces High, I'd say you get more of that atmosphere in the lyrics. and It's a shorter song and it's sort of the same pace all the way through. So you can't really compare them, even though I just did. What I like about the bridge in this song, and which is why I decided to sing this in the dormitory in the Lake District, was because Bruce gives descriptive words that go along with the music but also describe the aeroplane. Rolling, flying, diving, all those words. You can see it and and the the music sort of complements it. When he says all these words, he says, going in again, which of course relates to an aeroplane flying back into the, the scene of battle. But it's also a subliminal instruction to the band to sort of just repeat that section so that's quite good it's a bit like when drummers say one two three four to count the band in sometimes you get those extra little cheeky bits that help the band progress in the song i've had a few comments saying that they want to see more dance moves from me since the wrath child episode where i mentioned a dance that i did as a boy in the school disco 
Even though it wasn't a Rathchild, it still worked for contemporary songs of the period. I've come up with a dance for Aces High, which I'll probably try and go out and demonstrate, maybe in a local park or the back garden, or even in a supermarket. Basically, I do actions for each of these words that Bruce says. So running, scrambling, flying. There's an action for all of those. I'm sure you can imagine it, but I'm sort of just bobbing along on the spot as I do it. And then, of course, you get rolling, turning, diving. Now, two of those actions are quite difficult because it might involve sort of falling to the floor a bit, but you can still do it with just using your hands and staying upright. So uh, if you're intrigued by this, I might post a sort of routine on, on social media later in the week. And then when they do play this song live again, all the fans in the audience can do this simultaneously and amaze the band. I said similar things to this after my dance move to Rathchild and my lyrics to Transylvania, but I've got a feeling those songs may not be in the set in, in the near future, whereas Aces High will be. So here's my instruction and plea to you as a listener. When you see the band, try and do this routine. It's a very powerful song, and as I said, the tempo is pretty constant. But I've talked about syllables per second, haven't I, in the past, where uh, I think this originated in the Killers album, where Paul Diano had quite a few syllables per second in Murders in the Room Morgue. Now, Bruce Dickinson has uh, emulated this and probably gone beyond what Paul Diano is capable of. But even though it's quite fast up to this point, the chorus slows down because there's just one word held on for a while. So it's run, live to fly. I'm not going to sing it myself. But this chorus gives a sort of perceived change of tempo, even though it isn't. But what I like about it is that the backing vocals change throughout it. Now, in the previous series, I complained about some of the backing vocals. I said it made things a bit commercial and cheesy. And to some degree, you might say the same here, because it's a single, and, and the harmonies add to that catchy nature. But in this case, there's a lot of harmonies, and, and they're, they're more interesting than normal. So at the start of the Run, Live to Fly section, you get this extra high vocal, which I believe is Adrian. <laughs> But then, when they do this again, it isn't as high, and it's almost like a lower backing vocal, which is quite a nice effect, and it, and it isn't predictable. So I like this. In the second verse, it talks about moving to fire at the mainstream above us. And I thought this was a clever reference to the chart landscape and how Iron Maiden were coming in to fire at those people who always played on Radio 1 and who were on top of the pops, the mainstream chart bands, who were perhaps currently above them, but may not be in the future. I think it was disappointing in 1984 that bands like Frankie Goes to Hollywood and the Thompson Twins were more popular than Iron Maiden. And I thought this was quite a clever lyric in that it talked about being in a plane and firing at other planes. But actually, it was like a symbolic reaction to the charts and a, and a warning to other bands to watch out. Iron Maiden's going to get you, no matter how far. I thought this was quite a good observation, but then I read the lyrics, and it's actually mainstream of bombers, not the mainstream above us. So that's disappointing. As I've said, this was a single, 
the second single off the Power Slave album, and it was released in October 1984. And it got in the charts at number 32, which is all right. The same week, Freedom by Wham was number one. But the highest new entry that week was Wild Boys by Duran Duran. Hello, boys and girls. It's Nico here. later and it jumped to number 20 and there's a change at number one with I Feel For You by Shaka the Penguin Khan. Sadly it didn't get any higher than number 20 and this meant that this was the lowest chart position since Bruce Dickinson joined the band. In its defence the album had already come out so people knew the song Aces High already. Being a single it meant that we have a Derek Riggs sleeve to look at and it's quite a simple one. It's Eddie in the cockpit of a Spitfire. This is quite a close up and like he's there right at the front of the sleeve so you can see behind him there's a bit of a sky I feel that Derek Riggs could have done a bit more with it there could have been more focus on the fact it was a battle there's a couple of planes in the background but not too many the focus really is Eddie coming towards you and uh, you'd think he would have liked the chance to paint another sky but again this isn't as detailed as previous skies he's done so I don't know what happened there I had a t-shirt with Aces High on it, which I've posted on social media this week. Uh, I'm not sure why I have Aces High as a T-shirt. I think I asked for an Iron Maiden T-shirt, and I got this one. Uh, I don't know if I'd have chose that sleeve. Um, but it's, it's, it's all right. It's not the best, and it's not the worst. I don't remember trying to copy this as a boy. Some sleeves I'd trace with uh, tracing paper, but this would ruin the sleeve. They'd, they'd have like an indent of the pencil, so I stopped doing that. I tried to copy them. Or, or do them on the pavement outside in chalk. But Aces High was never one I chose. Another interesting fact is that the Power Slave album was the first album where the logo for Iron Maiden wasn't in red. And on the Aces High single, the logo wasn't in red either. It was like a camouflage print, like a green and burgundy colour. And this is quite interesting. Up to this point, there'd only been two singles that didn't have the red logo. I wonder if you can name them without looking. I won't ruin it for you. And that's not because I don't know. I do know. There's also a video for the single. And it's very similar to the Run to the Hills and the Trooper video. Where the band are performing on a stage. And they're sort of just interspersed with images from old war footage. At the start you get Churchill's speech and some images from the 1940s with bombs and flashes. It's quite interesting to see that the band are on stage all wearing waistcoats. There's Dave with a black waistcoat and no shirt. Steve's in the middle and he's got a white waistcoat. And then Adrian, he's got a red waistcoat. Then Bruce comes on and he's wearing a leather jacket, no waistcoat. And this is very similar to the Live at the Rainbow VHS, which conveniently I released an episode for last week. And you may remember that I speculated as to the fact that Paul Diano was wearing a leather jacket and all the other band were wearing waistcoats. And maybe he hadn't been involved in some meeting and that was why he was eventually sacked. I wonder if 
The Aces High video is a reference to a near miss. Maybe Bruce was on the verge of being sacked. But luckily, he was forgiven for whatever the issue was. And uh, things seemed okay for the World Slavery Tour. Right, I'm going to give Trevor a ring now. Let's see uh, what he's been up to so far this year. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Trevor. What have you been up to? Yeah, I've been uh, busy. Just uh, obviously had a few weeks off from the podcast, so I've been doing things. What sort of things? Reading a few books, uh, looking out the window, um, did some online shopping. Did you buy anything nice? No, it was just like grocery shopping. Okay. Well, uh, let's move on then, because it seems like this is just small talk. Um, have you got any New Year's resolutions? Yeah, just going to try lots of things out, see what I can do. Um, in the last year, I had the confidence to release a single and uh, do some artwork for you. But uh, I think I might stick to poetry, because I think that's my strength. I don't think I'll be a singer-songwriter. Fair enough, but what else are you going to try then? Well, I don't know. I don't think you can plan that far ahead. I think I've just told myself to take more opportunities, be more open-minded, and try new things. Good. Well, uh, that's that's good news. Um, right, well, anyway, we're on Aces High. So how do you feel about that song? Oh, yeah, it's a classic, isn't it? It's uh, one of the best songs. Yeah, it's a song that I can hear quite a lot in a row, and I don't get tired of. And that's a good sign, isn't it? Unlike some of the songs of Iron Maiden that are famous, where you hear them too much. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, so, do you remember listening to it when you were younger? Did you, have you always liked the song? Yeah, I definitely did when I was little. I, uh, I remember it helped me get a badge. Did it? Yeah, when I was in the Cubs. I was in the cookery badge. How did Aces High help you get a cookery badge? Well, because I was cooking an egg and... You can cook an egg to Aces High. What, because of the tempo? No, no. There's the, the line in it, isn't there? Running, scrambling, frying. How's that linked to an egg? Well, it runs in the pan, and then you scramble it, and then it fries. I think the line's flying. It's not not scrambling, frying. Is it? Well, that's disappointing, because I was going to take it forward, and then when you roll, turn and dive, that's like cooking a frittata or a pancake you sort of roll it and turn it and keep it going okay well anyway you've, you've clearly misheard the lyric haven't you so it's not frying it's flying because it's about aeroplanes quite obviously it's not about eggs what would it be about eggs well it helped me anyway it helped me get a badge it helped me get the home help badge as well because i could use the same skills and the things i've learned to get the home help as well as the cookery so it's like double whammy two badges in one session Okay, but you're aware that it's about the Battle of Britain and, and air combat. Yeah, obviously. Uh, but as a boy, I, I didn't really think much of it. Obviously, now I see when it talks about air raid sirens and things like that. I know because of the history. We've got a lot of that history in Birmingham, haven't we? What you mean with the Blitz? Yeah, it's quite a fascinating time, and it's quite sad. And that's why I like those old map books. You can see how Birmingham looked before, because um, all those buildings were destroyed. It's quite interesting looking at those old photos, um, even though it's not very nice because you see the, all the damage. But, yeah, I guess it's quite morbid, but it's fascinating. It's like those serial killer things. That's why there's so many podcasts on true crime. Is there? Yeah, people like that sort of thing. Okay, so what have you learned then? So you, you just look at old maps. What, what does that tell you? Well, it, it gives you an idea of what life was like because 
We had those back-to-back houses in Birmingham. Do you know about those? Yeah, I think, isn't there a museum of those in Birmingham? Yeah, that was like how houses were set out. But then, of course, if you look at records now and where incidents happen, and then you look on Google Street View, the houses are rubbish, they look different now. They're all modern, all 1950s, 60s, all the development, everything changed. Well, why are you getting so passionate about this? This is before you were born. Yeah, but it's part of our heritage, isn't it? We had ancestors probably who lived through it. I remember I asked my nan about it, and she said about the community spirit when we were faced with danger. I don't think we're getting that at the moment. We've got danger, haven't we? And I don't know if we've got the community spirit. Everyone's moaning about it. All right, well, I don't want to get political. Um, so you're talking about Birmingham and the, the Blitz and how it affected the uh, the Midlands, actually. It wasn't just Birmingham, was it? Coventry Cathedral was bummed. And, yeah, it was quite... I don't know too much about it, because strangely, even though we went to school, we, we didn't study about Birmingham's war history, did we? It was more about general stuff. No, but it's important to know about, isn't it? It's like we, we, you joked about Castle Bromwich in an episode, but there was a Spitfire factory there, and that got damaged. All right, I don't want to be blamed for mocking Castle Bromwich. It was, just, it was based on a roast dinner incident and the fact that there's an Acacia Avenue there. Yeah, all right, sorry, Wayne, but... Uh... It's just interesting, but sad at the same time. Okay, so I, I can't remember how we got onto this subject particularly, but uh, have you got a poem about Aces High or maybe about the wartime? I, I think you did one before, didn't you, on the Trooper that, that got some good comments for once? Yeah, I think people were surprised. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I guess, with the, I didn't live through the Blitz, of course. I'm not old enough, despite my mature outlook on life. Okay, well, as I said, I, I, even though it's nice to talk about such things, it's a podcast about Iron Maiden. Um, I, I don't necessarily want to get into comments about war and, and issues like that. And I'm conscious that the next episode's two minutes to midnight, and that's sort of about corruption and war and power. So it's quite yeah, quite deep subject, isn't it? Not like the good old days with a prowler standing by a wall with his zips undone. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, do you want a poem? Okay, yes, sorry, Trevor. Okay. There goes the siren that warns of the air raid. In candlelight, we huddle in fear. Their bombs have stripped back our factories and buildings, but there's no way our spirit will disappear. We've taken your kicks, but we won't crumble like bricks. We're still here, eating rice pudding from a can. Okay, well, that that sounded like quite a serious poem, but then you end it with the usual pudding reference, which makes it all silly. I think that's possibly disrespectful. No, it isn't. It's it's very clever. It it yeah, it is. A, well, I don't want to say what it is because it's it's wrong that a poet should describe what he's done because you know it's down to you, isn't it, to listen and and get your own thing from it. But yeah, it's quite clear. It's a sad time. It's about rising up against that sort of oppression and, and you know, being kicked when you're down, but community and spirit will, will overcome it. And, yeah, whether whatever you do, eating rice pudding from a can, you can still do that. It's, it's a gesture. You can take all things away from me, but I can still do this. I can still eat rice pudding from a can. Why shouldn't I use that as a motif, a symbol of getting on with normal things? OK, Trevor, um... I, I don't, sometimes I don't know how to react to your poems. So sometimes they're, they're ridiculous, and then sometimes they're 
very deep and, and perhaps I don't understand them. And, you know, I'm sorry about that. I'm no, I'm no poet. I think I've got a D in English literature. Anyway, is there anything uh, you want to add? Well, yeah, I'd just like to say that I really enjoyed the Christmas episode and I was wondering if maybe you'd change the format a bit because it was very popular. And I think that was because I was in the background through the whole show, not just brought on at the end. Well, I think it was a very good show and I think that was because it was a bit longer and a bit more variety. Um, it might have been the best show yet. I'm sure, I'm sure some people might think that, but... Realistically, the, the episodes for the songs, I'm going to keep the same for now, um, but uh, unless anyone complains. But uh, I think people are generally happy with the way things are and there was no need to change it drastically for this series. All right. Well, anyway, that was good. Um, Ace's High is a very good song and a good start to the series. OK, well, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week for two minutes to midnight. So if you can have a poem for that and uh, your usual analysis... Uh, I'll speak to you there. Okay, thanks, Wayne. Bye. Right, well, you can follow me on social media. I'm on uh, the usual sites that you'd expect. I'm at Wayne Maiden on Twitter, and you can find me on Facebook. I started an Instagram page, but uh, I don't know what that'll do. Um, that's just Iron Maiden Podcast. Um, so I've shared some pictures there as well. And I'm also on Ko-Fi, and you can leave a, a tip or a donation if you enjoy the show. Uh, no pressure to. Sometimes I post extra content there. Uh, you may have noticed that the bonus Live at the Rainbow VHS episode that came out on Ko-Fi originally back in June last year. So uh, if you were one of the early subscribers and, and supporters, you would have heard that before. So I apologise if you heard it again, but I think six months on, you've probably forgotten. So it's probably still worth hearing again. And uh, some people have listened to the Christmas episode more than once. Um, and that was only a couple of weeks ago. So that's good, isn't it? I had a message from Mike Joyce saying that he enjoyed the Christmas episode. And, Can we have more Christmas episodes, please? Uh, well, that, that's a, a nice comment, but I obviously can't do Christmas episodes every week. Um, I have to wait till when Christmas happens, which uh, is once a year. Um, so I don't, don't know what you expect me to do there, but thank you for your feedback. I had a, a tweet from Sporkford, which uh, is quite exciting. Um, so I'm glad he's still alive, or she, of course. Um they seem to be a bit quiet during the Peace of Mind album. Maybe they're not a fan of that album, um, which has helped me in my detective work. Um, so, you know, you may remember I was trying to get to the bottom of who this character was. So uh, they don't like the Peace of Mind album, so that's uh, ticked a few names off, although they could be bluffing, of course. Anyway, Sporkford says that the Live at the Rainbow is his favourite VHS by the band, so uh, that's nice to know. And uh, even though I might get quite annoyed at that sort of tweet, and I would have done a few series ago, um, I'm just happy he's out there, or she, and uh, as a result, I'll, I'll allow the platform on this occasion. I've had a few people hoping to have a special episode of Adrian Smith's book in the same way that I did a Dennis Stratton episode, like a compilation, but uh, I'll have to see how he feels about that one. That's not something I can just do because it's his book, isn't it? Um, so I'm not sure on that one. But, uh, yeah, thank you for that as well. That's good to know that there's a demand for Adrian's book, so we'll try and get him back on the show soon. So that's Aces High then, one of the most famous openers and one of the best Iron Maiden songs. Um, I'm not sure if I'd put it in my all-time top ten without doing a big list myself, but uh, looking at the track listing for Power Slave, I'd certainly say it's in the top half without thinking about it too much. But often when I listen to these albums in preparation for these shows, I change my mind a bit, so... Who knows? But I imagine it will be top three. 
But we'll find out at the end of the series, won't we? I've got several more songs to go before we get there. So even though it's an important song, it's quite simple. If you look at the lyrics written down, it's only two verses and two choruses. But in between, there's quite a big solo. And it's good because Dave Murray and Adrian Smith take it in turns. So anyway, that's Aces High and uh, yeah, the first episode of Series 5. Uh, I'll be back next week for two minutes to midnight, so join me for that. And I'll leave you with a bit of Aces High. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.